Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. I am your host, Jim Brangenberg. Many thanks to Super J, Jody Long, who is at our studio controls today. Mike Miracle got up too early today and had to go take a nap. So we'll miss Mike Miracle today. All right, please check out our website to find out more about the mission called I Work For Him. You go out to the web. Go to iwork, the number four, him.com, iworkforhim.com. And on that website, you can find out all kinds of great resources all about I Work For Him and the books that I highlight on the show, the speakers that I've highlighted on the show, and links to all of their websites. And in case you want to catch up, an archive of all of our shows are available on the WTIS1110.com website. Click on Shows and look for I Work For Him in the bottom right-hand corner. All of the past shows are there. And I would especially recommend last week's show, which was on November the 25th. It was a very, very good show. All right, you may ask, why am I doing the I Work For Him program? You know, in the United States, over 84% of the population does not consider faith in Christ a priority in their lives. A large majority of the people in the U.S. do not attend church on Sunday anymore. And even if I did, there are so many, too many churches in the United States that no longer present the truth about Jesus, about his eternal love for us, about salvation from our sin and his lordship in our lives. You just don't hear it anymore from the pulpit in a lot of churches. You know, Tampa Bay's got four and a half million people in our area. On any given Sunday, if every pew were filled from sea to sea and from seat to seat and pew to pew, there'd be over three million people that never go to church. So, but they go to work on Monday morning. You may be the only Jesus these people ever meet as you've been called to your cubicle. We've all been called to go. Some get to go overseas, some get to go to the pulpit. Most of us get called to the cubicle. All right, when we get, before we get started with our guest today, just a little bit of background. I'm a business owner. I've been a business owner since 1989. I work for him as my business. It describes what I do. It is definitely my passion. With regard to workplace ministry, I'm not an expert. I'm in this battle with you, fighting along with you to understand God's role in my business each and every day. Today, we have a fantastic guest on the show, Bob Collins, president of the National Christian Foundation Tampa Bay branch. And we're going to be talking about lots of things having to do with National Christian Foundation, but I want to talk about number one, Bob, you told me a number that was how much money, how much moldy Christian money is sitting on the sidelines, not working for the kingdom. And in our second segment, we're going to talk about what the number is because that number is staggering. But I want to know, what does God want me to do with what he's blessed me with? And that's what we're going to talk about. We've got Bob Collins. Bob, welcome to the show today. 
Yeah, pleasure to be here. Thanks. Yeah, you say that at the beginning of the show. At the end of the show, he'll probably be throwing stuff at me, but it's okay. <laughs> We're going to have fun. I've known Bob now a little. Actually, I've known Bob longer than he remembers. I met Bob first in 2009. I brought a business owner who had something he wanted to donate, and we were trying to find a way to to move this block company to the Dominican Republic and find financing for it. We never got it to work because nobody had any cash in 2009. But it's a long story. But that's the first time I met Bob Collins. He runs a fantastic branch of the National Christian Foundation here in Tampa Bay. It used to be called the Christian Legacy Foundation, so as a reference for people. You know, Bob, I, I grabbed the scripture off your website. From the one who has been entrusted with much... Much more will be asked. And that was Jesus talking in Luke 12, 48. Why do you choose that verse? Well, yeah, that's, uh, there's a lot of verses in the Bible, of course, that talk about giving, money, and generosity. Um, I think, you know, it is more blessed to give than to receive. I think that's something that um, if we truly understood and embraced that, uh, then we would be holding all that we have with open hands, you know, wanting to use it for God's kingdom. Um, and yes, if we are entrusted with much, uh, we're going to be held to account for, for how we uh, stewarded that. You know, the Bible says that they will, we will all stand before uh, the judgment throne of Christ and give an account of everything done while in the body, whether good or bad. And how we steward our money and what we ultimately use it for, I think, uh, will be a big part of that. I think if people would just give God a chance to show them how the how it is more blessed to give than receive, if they would just give them a chance, give God a chance to show that, they would be so amazed because it is so much better. I mean, all you hoarders out there, we're going to talk about you today because there is there is relief for you coming. We've got a way to help you take all that stuff you're holding on to and give it to somebody else who can put it to use. All right, Bob, before we get started with talking about all about National Christian Foundation, my audience wants to know about you. Who is Bob Collins? And, and talk, tell us about your family and anybody you want to say hi out to there. Now's the chance to say hi. Okay, great. Thanks. Well, yeah, I have lived in the Tampa Bay area now most of my life. Uh, I went to school here at uh, USF in Tampa and and went to work for uh, Raymond James. And so I'm very much uh, a local product. Um, I've got uh, five children now, and um, they are teenagers, although one of them is uh, 21 at this point. So I like to say hi to my family. And, you um, can say their names, and I specifically would recommend saying your wife's name in case she listens to this. It's Brownie Points. <laughs> yeah, so hello, Trisha, and all the kids. I won't name them all. <laughs> okay. All right, so tell me, before again we get started talking about National Christian Foundation, I'd love for my audience to hear, how did Jesus Christ first impact your life? Well, you know, I was uh, really a hardcore atheist uh, growing up. Um, you know, I, I went to school and and uh, kind of learned what they teach you in school about, you know, what you see is all there is and, and kind of secular humanism. And I, I bought it all hook, line, and sinker. And uh, it was interesting. I, I um, wasn't a typical situation where there was some crisis in my life. And, and uh, in fact, it was just the opposite. There was a time in my life where uh, things were going really, really well. Um, uh, my, my career was taking off, and I was single and having a great time. And But God um, really put it on my heart that uh, that it was all ultimately empty and meaningless. And um, he also challenged my uh, um, atheism um, by saying, you know, how can you say that the Bible isn't true, and it's, you know, uh, without ever actually having read it? So 
just to be intellectually honest, you know, I said, okay, you know, I'll, I'll read the Bible just so I can say that I've read it and can say I don't believe it and put it away. And I didn't get too far from there. And uh, I think I read part of the Old Testament and then Matthew, Mark, and about halfway through Luke. And then I had this scales falling from the eyes experience. And uh, and I just it just hit me like a bolt of lightning that it was all true. And uh, you know I gave my life to Christ uh, very soon thereafter. And that was at 29. So from a certain perspective, I was uh, young, but. I had already. <laughs> it sounds young now, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. But I had already, you know, progressed a lot, and um, and so, um, you know, I was halfway through my career and was seeing a lot of changes at that point. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I, I don't. It's probably wrong to say the greatest trick ever, but I tell people, listen, if you don't believe God exists, but you're wondering if you really want to know for sure, you say just pray, God, if you're real, reveal yourself to me. And then I always tell people, listen. Again, the Bible thing, what, what, what God did to you, I always tell people, listen, just read the book of John. You get through the book of John and still tell me this is all a lie, then, uh, uh, then I'll leave you alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you can't get through the gospel of John. You, may, you couldn't even make it all the way through Luke. You can't get through the gospel of John without people going, wow, that's the kind of savior I want. Exactly. I mean, it, it, it's just it's just amazing. Okay, so let's let's get to the National Christian Foundation. Why was the National Christian Foundation formed? And, and if you want to, you can start at your your roots, the Christian Legacy Foundation, if you want to. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, what happened to me was, um, you know, I had uh, the first leg of my career for 17 years. I was in the financial services industry and and did pretty well. Um, I, uh, like I say, I, I graduated here locally, went to Raymond James in investment banking, and then went to their investment management business, and um, ultimately uh, formed a separate company where um, we managed about $4 billion in assets, and then a group of us sold that company to Goldman Sachs. And so then I wound up working for Goldman Sachs, uh, ultimately was in their London office, um, and we managed about $36 billion in assets then. and so. Um, had tremendous success along the way, um, but I had been feeling more and more that uh, God wanted me to do something else, and I'd actually been putting it off for a while. Uh, but in uh, in 2002, when I was uh, the ripe old age of 39, uh, 38, uh, I retired and wanted to get into some sort of full-time Christian ministry work. Um, now, of course, I realize that we're always in Christian ministry work, even in the in the workplace. So, uh, but back then, I, I I didn't understand that like I do today. Um, and so there was a group that was trying to get a Christian community foundation going, and I joined that group, and and so we launched uh, as a National Christian Foundation affiliate in 2004. Awesome, 2004, and that's okay. That was when you launched, but Christian Legacy Foundation was older than that. Well, it was called Christian Legacy that Foundation. That was when it, okay. it was. Okay, right. It's always been a, a National Christian Foundation affiliate. Oh, okay. All right, very good. So, how, what function does the National Christian Foundation perform within the Christian community? We basically we're the Christian Community Foundation for the Tampa Bay area. Um, the main thing that we do is serve business owners and families uh, as their personal foundation. And you don't have to be wealthy uh, to to take advantage of our services. Um, but we have a staff of five people here locally, and um, and like I say, we serve as your personal foundation. So you know, we meet with you. Uh, uh, you 
do your giving through us. I think it's important for everyone to know that the National Christian Foundation is not a charity that you give money to. You know, we're, we're not going to ask you for a donation. We're serving as your foundation, your personal foundation. And so, you know, a lot of folks have private foundations, um, and this gives you the same functionality as having your own private foundation. But you get all of our staff and services and, and value added uh, that goes along with that. You know, and, and I know we're coming up to a break here, but I want to know people. Some people out there don't even know what a personal foundation is all about. So, I want you? You got like twenty seconds. What is a personal foundation for? Well, it's basically to manage your giving. Um, so, the big idea and the reason why it works uh, is that you can now disconnect the timing of the gift that makes sense for you and your own tax and cash flow situation from the timing of the ultimate gift to charity. And so you can manage your giving proactively around life events, taxable events, your own cash flow, that sort of thing. And I know, Bob, for me, you know, I, I'm a simple guy, and I never thought about starting my own foundation because people that start foundations are guys like Bill and Melinda Gates. So you make it possible for the average uh, Christian believer to set up a foundation without all the hullabaloo. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, yeah, the perception is is that foundations are for the ultra-wealthy. Uh, but by working with the National Christian Foundation and establishing what we call a giving fund, um, you know, that, that gives the functionality of a big private foundation to anybody and everybody who wants one. Um, and, you know, the advantage is when you make a contribution into your foundation fund, you get an immediate tax deduction. Um, and the money can be invested and can grow over time inside the fund completely tax-free because it's owned by charity at that point. But the important thing is you're still calling the shots and giving out grants to your favorite charities. This is not about the foundation taking over or, you know, getting in between you and your favorite charities. Again, we're just serving you um, and helping you with your giving. So, you know, for instance, what we see a lot of people do is right around the end of the year, where we are today, um, that they will pre-fund next year's giving into this year by contributing it into a giving fund at the National Christian Foundation. So they get all the tax deduction for all of next year into this year and save money in taxes, and then they can take their time and give their, the rest of their money away. All right, I'm going to ask you one of those things you probably say, I don't want to answer this question to you, but okay. There's rumors on the street that someday they're going to take away that itemized deduction for giving. What do you think? Do you think they'll take it away? Uh, yeah, it's definitely on the table, unfortunately. Um, both sides of the aisle uh, want to impact the charitable deduction. So it's not just Democrats or Republicans. It's both of them. And when they both agree on something, I think it's just a matter of time until it happens. Uh, what's most likely is that they won't eliminate the value of a charitable deduction entirely, but they will they'll limit it. Um, and so this year, uh, for instance, it could be the last best year to get a full valued charitable deduction. And then next year or soon, uh, it'll be worth less. Mm. Yeah, and that's amazing. That's when it'll take that true step of faith for Christians to give, even when it's not a tax write-off. What a great thing. God didn't, you'll read nothing in the Old Testament about tax write-offs for your giving. That's right. Uh, that's right. Okay, so m the mission, vision, and values you guys stand for. Why don't you just hit, hit the highlights of, the, of your mission and vision for uh, National Christian Foundation? Well, you know, we're, we're a ministry of generosity, first and foremost. And our vision is that we will mobilize an unprecedented abundance of kingdom resources to accomplish every good work. I mean, can you imagine every local church and Christian ministry 
having enough to accomplish their mission. Um, it's a great vision, and it's something that really excites me and gets me going uh, because we are having an impact. You know, back when we started in 2004, um, our board of directors got together at that time, and this was before we had done virtually anything. Uh, this was literally a ground zero. Uh, and we established a goal to facilitate $200 million of giving by the year 2015. And so far, we have facilitated $140 million of giving into and through uh, the local foundation here. And, um, and we're actually ahead of schedule. We're ahead of our goal. And uh, I think we will hit the $200 million mark you know, before the end of 2015. And so that's sounds like a lot of money uh, from one perspective, but from another, um, there's a lot more that we can do. And, you know, we're not going to stop at $200 million. You know, the next stop is maybe a billion. Boy, that'd be fun. Okay, so how much money last year was funneled through the National Christian Foundation and sent out to nonprofit organizations, ministries? Well, here locally, our team handled uh, about $30 million into the foundation, and about $23 million was granted out of the foundation. Which, by the way, um, that makes us locally uh, by far the, the largest community foundation, just in terms of the grants going out. Um, there are actually six other community foundations in the Tampa Bay area. Um, and, but with $23 million in outgoing grants, uh, we're at least double the, the size of the next largest uh, community foundation. Yeah, it seems like a lot of those foundations, the, the uh, non, I mean, the ones that aren't you, uh, they do a lot of accumulating, accumulating of assets, but not a lot of disseminating of assets. Yeah, I think it's, it's true that um, the amount of money that we are distributing out every year, I think, illustrates how we're different. We are much more focused on flowing the giving out and into the hands of charity where it can do some good. So um, we'll typically grant out 40 to 50 percent of our assets every year goes out uh, to charity. And, um, and again, you know, we're not necessarily in control of that. I mean, it's our donors, it's the families that we serve that are, you know, sending that money out where it needs to go. Um, but yeah, we are, we're about mobilizing resources and not accumulating them. And how small of an amount can you start somebody's personal foundation with? I mean, I, I know that you're, you're not having to rewrite new foundation papers for every person, but because you've got the whole big foundation for Tampa Bay here. But I mean, if somebody had $10,000, can they start a foundation? Oh, yeah. Within, with you guys? Yes, yes. Um, there really is no hard minimum to it. So we, we have folks that, that we work with, even giving just a few thousand dollars a year away. Um, they find it uh, simple and convenient to use a giving fund to do that. Again, it enables you to, to time uh, your giving so that you get maximum tax benefit. Uh, we also encourage people to fund their giving using appreciated assets like stock and mutual fund shares because you get extra tax benefits for donating appreciated assets as opposed to just giving cash. In fact, one helpful proverb if you uh, only remember one thing, um, is that cash is really the worst way to fund your giving. And that's kind of a controversial statement. And of course, there's nothing wrong with giving cash to charity. No, we love you but, getting cash. Yeah, but it's the least tax efficient uh, because you're trading money that you've already paid taxes on um, for a charitable deduction by gifting appreciated assets or other more sophisticated forms of giving, like using charitable trusts and other things that we uh, work with families to help them do. 
um, you're getting more bang for the buck tax-wise. And so over time, if you're giving less to the IRS, you can afford to give more to charity. That's really the big idea behind the National Christian Foundation is that we can sit and work with you and help you develop more sophisticated forms of giving other than just writing checks to charity. And by doing that, um, you're essentially diverting money that would ordinarily go to the IRS into the hands of your favorite charities. And that's a that's something everybody's interested in. And I think my audience is starting to understand, why did I bring Bob Collins with the National Christian Foundation on a show about Christians in business? And you can see the benefits, because Bob, you're talking about it's not just cash, it could be businesses, it could be uh, building assets, could be cars, could be jewelry, could be any number of things that be liquidated eventually and, and be turned into cash in order to turn it uh, over to a, a ministry that needs that money. That's true. I mean, any asset is a candidate to be gifted. Right. Um, and we do work with a lot of business owners who wind up giving uh, uh, part of their business to their fund at the foundation. Now, there's great benefits for doing that. In fact, I'll tell you a story. There's a guy named um, Alan Barnhart, and I should preface the story by saying we always hold everything in utmost confidence and confidentiality. Uh, but in this case, Alan has given us permission to share his story. Uh, but he owns a company uh, called Barnhart uh, Crane and Rigging. And several years ago, he actually gave 99% of his business uh, to his fund at the National Christian Foundation. And this wasn't a small, you know, fish shack or something like that. I mean, this was a company that was generating $60 million a year in profits. It was a major corporation. Um, but he wanted God to own it all. I mean, it was first and foremost a, a spiritual decision that said, God really does own my business, so I'm going to make it official. Um, and there are significant tax benefits uh, from having a charity be a shareholder in your business as opposed to you directly. Hmm. All right. Now, I know I mentioned this to the audience, and I want to bring up this question, but I don't want you to give the answer just yet. Okay. When we when we met about three months ago, you started talking about you know the, your goals. You know to to give out. A, you know to funnel through a couple hundred million dollars, and and you said. Jim, there is an amazing amount of wealth right here in Tampa Bay, Christian moldy money, as I like to call it. That's not your words. That's, that's a Jim Brangenberg thing. Money that's sitting on the sidelines that could be used for the kingdom The people are just accumulating. Be and they need to re be reminded they don't get to take it with them. And if you give your kids all that money, you screw them up, too, which is, I think is part of Alan Barnhart's testimony. He didn't want to screw up his kids. Um, so there is a huge amount of money. And, it, and, it, and here's the funny part was when you told me that number, it started blowing my mind. All right. Now, Bob, I've been teasing people now all last week. And then, of course, uh, for the first half of the show, you mentioned a number to me about three months ago. You said, Jim, we've calculated it. There is an estimated blank amount of money, moldy money, that's sitting on the sidelines, not being put to work for the kingdom. Tell, tell me about that. Tell me, what is that number? Well, yes, we did a study uh, several years ago and concluded that there is approximately $360 billion of wealth in the hands of Christians just in the Tampa Bay area. I mean, it's amazing huge what we call glacier of wealth. Uh, if you can imagine a glacier in your mind, it's very, very big, right? Uh, but it's, it's very hard for it's very hard for Floridians to picture a glacier. Just picture what your fridge looks like, your freezer looks like after you having melted it or defrosted it for several years. It's that glacier in the ice tray. That's right. Yeah, and so it's big, uh, but it's also frozen. You know, it's just not flowing. I think as God originally intended. You know, 
Uh, Ooh, I mean, go back to that. Don't, don't go any further. That was powerful. All right, so you're talking about this glacier of, of wealth that that is in Christians' hands, that God has blessed them with. And for some reason, they've held on to it instead of letting it flow through their hands as God intended to other ministries that will make an impact on the kingdom. So instead of it being free-flowing money from the Lord, they've kind of stopped up the, 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 the bottom of the, the, the funnel, and it's frozen solid. And you're here to help melt that glacier of wealth. I, I love that. that is, that's fantastic. Why do you think Christians hold on to their money instead of letting it flow through? Well, I mean, I, I think there are a lot of reasons, but ultimately, I think it, it has to do with um, trust in God. Um, when you decide to step out in faith and give away money, um, you're you're going against your own self-preservation. You know, you can say, "Well, I need that money," or "What if uh, this happens?" or "What if that happens?" and I need that money. Um, and so. When you give, you are making a, a demonstration to yourself and to others that you trust God uh, will take care of you. And the cool thing is, is that God will take care of you. Um, and this is the most fun part of our ministry is we work with families and help them grow in their own spiritual journey of generosity. Um, and they take a step of faith and they give. And then they see that God does come through. He does bless them. He does take care of them they really don't have anything to worry about, then they're, they're, they just experience this tremendous peace and joy and freedom in knowing that the God of the universe is there to take care of you and to back you up. And so then, you know, you take an additional step of faith. You give even more, and then God comes through again, and then your, your trust in God is strengthened again, and you just enter into this virtuous circle of ever more uh, trusting God and, and experiencing His presence and His Providence and um, and again, you know, I, like I say, I I've never met an unhappy, generous person, and I think fundamentally it's because at some point you get to the point where you're just completely trusting that God will take care of you, and there is no greater peace in the world than knowing that. Mm, uh, that's powerful. The never having met an unhappy, generous person. I've met a lot of very happy, generous people who are also very tired, though, because they get so tired giving money away. It's fantastic. <laughs> and, and, and it is true how God provides. But you're not saying that if people give money away that they're guaranteed to get money back, are you? No, no. It's not uh, what they call a prosperity teaching. I mean, it's just biblical that, um, that God promises to take care of you. Um, if you're pursuing His will, um, then... You know, everything's going to come in this natural place at, at the natural time. And so, and I think being generous absolutely is pursuing God's will. You know, we're, we're told to model ourselves after Jesus himself. And I don't think there was a more generous person out there. He spent everything on the people around him. Uh, he left nothing his, on the table, that is right. for sure. Yep, yep, sharing his truth and his wisdom and ultimately his life uh, for everyone else. All right, so you've gone through this own transformation in your own life where, where you came from being an atheist to reading the scriptures and realizing that, wow, this is true. And at 29, you gave your life to Christ and put him on the Lord lordship spot and on your throne in your life. And God's taking you this journey. Talk about this journey of, of generosity in your own life. Yeah, I mean, when I when I first uh, became a Christian, it wasn't too long until I heard people talking about tithing. You know, when I originally started going to church, uh, my view was, I'll throw in ten or twenty bucks uh, just because I think that's probably what it costs them to 
to put on this service, almost like paying to go to the movies, you know. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, I had my wife and uh, some children, and I looked and I said, yeah, you know, probably 20 bucks will kind of cover our share. Um, and then, you know, I did start to hear about tithing, and um, and that was a big leap of faith for me, is to start tithing, uh, because that was a lot of money. Um, but, you know, I was I was blessed in that. But, you know, I was a financial analyst by trade, so I was a very precise tither. I would keep a spreadsheet, and I would know down to the penny that I've given exactly 10%. Um, but um, later on, I started hearing stories about people who gave well beyond 10%, and that was a new revelation to me. I just, I, I had always thought that, you know, if we got to 10%, that was good. You know, that's what God asked, and that's what we delivered, and then we're done. And um, this idea of giving even more than 2% was radical to me. And, you know, it was almost like an urban legend. You know, you'd hear somebody, and he's giving away 50 or 90% of his income. And um, who is this person? You know, <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, I started hearing this more and more and more and thinking about it um, that you can store up for yourself treasure in heaven. Uh, that um, it's a giving out of an opportunity. Uh, uh, and if you really know about what works in the long run, you know, when we're, you know, when we're in eternity, um, you would leverage everything you had to give, um, not just your money, but your time and everything, uh, because uh, you can't take it with you. I mean, what we have here today is just going to be gone. And we can send it on ahead uh, and store it up in heaven where we can enjoy it for eternity. So, Well, let me ex- explore that. But you know, I, I would just go back to when Rick Warren wrote The Purpose Driven Life, and then he came out with a video Bible study series that we did in our church probably a decade ago. He said on there, his goal in life was to be a reverse tither, hmm. where he lived on 10% and gave away 90 And And when I heard that, I thought, now that would be cool. Uh, first of all, it would mean that I'd have to make X amount of dollars because I know what it costs me to live in Pinellas County every every year. But how cool would that be to give away 90%? And really, no way would I have ever considered that had I not gone through Crown Financial Ministries and understood the need for contentment. Because if without a, a contentment, you'll never be able to give away money. Yeah. Uh, but what, what's cool is you also start talking about... Um, these assets that you want to help melt, they're not just all cash assets sitting in a bank. I mean, it's property, isn't it? I mean, it's, talk about that. What what does that look like? Well, first, I I mean, what you had just touched on, I I wouldn't want to lose it. And that is, yeah, the beginning of generosity is actually not Sunday morning sitting in a pew. um, Because by the time you get there, you've probably already spent most of your money you know the beginning of generosity is in your spending decisions you know and we're immersed in a culture that is telling us to pursue the american dream um you know bigger better faster will make you happy bob right before the break we started talking about contentment Mm -hmm. and how contentment played such a huge part of my own life and in your own life as we start to look at the stuff that god has entrusted us with and it's okay just take it from there yeah, so I mean, we're immersed in this, you know, American dream culture that um, is telling us that bigger, better, faster will make you happy, and we know from the Bible that that's ultimately not true. Um, and so, what we see is that folks who make, let's say, forty thousand dollars a year, I mean, they'll live like someone who makes forty thousand dollars a year, 
and then let's say something good happens and now they're making $80,000 a year. Well, you just automatically ratchet up your spending to that level. And, you know, maybe we should be asking the question, you know, it was possible for me to live on $40,000 a year at one point. Why wouldn't I just stay there and then use that extra money uh, for additional giving? Um, it's uh, it's very countercultural. It's very radical, and it's very hard once you've got to the eighty thousand spending level to go back to forty. Oh yeah, definitely going backwards oh, is difficult. Very very difficult. I, I like to say, it, and this is something I don't I don't I've never seen it written somewhere else, but I I, I, I probably got it out of Crown Ministries. But God blesses us not to increase our status of living; He blesses us so we in, so we can increase that status of giving. That is correct, and that's perfect. As we segue to the National Christian Foundation, this giving that you guys are doing isn't just cash. Talk, talk about it. As you try to melt this glacier of wealth and help Christians manage their giving, you what, talk about what are we trying to melt? Yeah, that's true. I mean, cash is a very small part of that glacier, less than 10%. Um, most of uh, the wealth of, of families is held in real estate and closely held business interests and things other than, than cash. And that really is also our specialty of the National Christian Foundation, that we are the charity that can help you give closely held business interests or real estate or limited partnerships or insurance policies. Basically, anything of value can be gifted. You know, I, I read recently that there are $8 billion of old iPhones in people's drawers around the country. I mean, there's just even, you know, tremendous amounts that could be released to the kingdom, uh, even in our attics and garages, uh, much less, you know, these other big things. And one of the greatest things, and this is not obviously going to help the foundation, but my wife and I, when we first got married, said, hey, if it doesn't get used in a year in our home, we give it away while somebody else can still gain some value out of it. We bring it to a thrift store, give it to them. Somebody else can buy it cheap and use it and get the rest of the life out of it. Because after we moved our parents, yes, mom and dad, if you're listening, sorry, I'm talking about you today. Hi, I love you. Uh, that when we moved my parents out of their home before, and as they started to retire in 1997, we moved my mom's college textbooks. And she had been out of college a few years. And so we, we got to get rid of those things. I'm going to get in so much trouble for that one. We get rid. We need to get rid of that stuff when it's still of value to somebody else. Who is the perfect candidate to start working with you at National Christian Foundation? Well, mostly it's uh, small and medium-sized business owners. Uh, like I say, we've, we've got a lot of uh, local and national uh, business owners who've uh, worked with us, and we show them how to give more wisely so that if they're ultimately giving more tax efficiently, they're giving less to the IRS and more to their favorite charities. Uh, so, you know, you could have a situation where uh, God owns a, a piece of your business or a piece of a piece of real estate. Or if you've got a big taxable event on the horizon, like selling an asset or selling out of your business, uh, we can do charitable planning around that. You know, another helpful proverb is that capital gains taxes are optional taxes. Uh, you don't have to pay them if you don't want to as long as you're charitable. Wow, I'd like to say that again. <laughs> capital gains taxes are optional taxes. Uh, you don't have to pay them. Uh, if you're charitable, there are many techniques to avoid that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, you listen in Washington, there are ways for us to beat your system. We can give the money away. Oh, you got to hate stuff like that. All right, so how do you get in front of people? Well, it's mostly just uh, networking. You know, I, I, we have a lot of uh, very happy uh, business owners and families that we work with here in the Tampa Bay area, and they introduce us to other people. Um, I think we serve about 250 uh, business owners and families in the Tampa Bay area. 
Fantastic. So if somebody has a complicated situation and assets to melt, as you've described it, you've got all the people to help them melt those assets, right? You've got the attorney's connections and all those. I mean, you have all those people to network with? No, that's true. I mean, we, we do operate at a very high level. Um, we've got tremendous amount of expertise in this charitable planning area. We've got 11 attorneys on staff with the National Christian Foundation to help people with their giving. Wow, 11 attorneys. You found 11 Christian attorneys. That's, I think yeah. that's fantastic. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Tampa Bay, just kidding. All right, so if you could say one thing to every Christ-following business owner that's out there listening in today's, to today's show, what is the one thing you want to be able to say to them? I would say, you know, hold everything you have with open hands and try to leverage everything you have to accomplish the Great Commission. You know, God has uh, entrusted you with uh, wealth and, and wisdom and, you know, use that to build his kingdom. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right, so here's a question for you, audience. Has your life been radically affected by Jesus Christ? Are you running a business? Does it look different than your competition run by a non-Christ follower? Are you perplexed on how to incorporate your faith into your business so that your business does look and feel different? And if these questions and today's topic about giving and learning to be generous find you desiring a deeper understanding of how God fits in your workplace, then I need you to check out Business His Way. It's a biblical mentoring process designed for you to learn how to follow our Lord in your workplace. Brought to you by C12 Tampa Bay, and I work for him. For more information on Business His Way, contact me at Jim at I work for him.com. That's Jim at iworkforhim.com. Next week on the I Work For Him show, we'll be talking with three Christian business owners about their successes and their failures of incorporating Christ into the workplace. My sponsors, a little bit about my advertisers, my sponsors are people I trust. They're people that you can trust. These are people that I do business with, and I want you to do business with them. Look for links to their company websites listed on our websites. That's at iworkforhim.com, iworkforhim.com. On the I Work For Him website, you'll also find all kinds of great resources, including the show schedule, the guest schedule, and all kinds of recommended resources for incorporating Christ into your workplace. And if you'd like to get your message out to the thousands of listeners to the I Work For Him show, you too can advertise. We've got a couple of spots open on the I Work For Him show right now for advertising. If you want to get your message out and have me endorse you, contact me. We'll get together. We'll talk. I'll hear your testimony. We can talk about you advertising on the I Work For Him show. Just contact me, Jim at iworkforhim.com. That's Jim at iworkforhim.com. You know, Bob, I want to thank you for being on the show today. It's been fantastic. I, I just can't thank you enough for trying to help us understand how to melt that glacier. How do people get a hold of you? Bob, how do they get a hold of you? Just go to our website, nationalchristian.com. Very simple, nationalchristian.com. All right. Please take time to like us on Facebook. Just uh, search for I Work For Him. Thanks to Jody Long. And what a great job she's done running the controls today and keeping me on time. If you if you found today's show inspiring and challenging, could you let me know? Send me an email to jim at iworkforhim.com. You've been listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I am a Christ follower. I own my own business. I don't know about you, Tampa Bay, but I work for him.